There's something surreal about jumping out of airplanes from anywhere from 12,000 to 25,000 feet. And then suddenly we see this car coming towards us and it was shooting from the windows. That's when I walked into the recruiting office. I have to leave DC now and I have to become something because if not, I'm gonna be another statistic. My firstborn, he was born and then 12 days later, I was on a plane to Iraq. Real soldiers, real stories. Brought to you by armychap.com. Welcome again to Soldier Stories. I am your host, Chaplain David Wright. One of the awesome things about our military is that we have soldiers serving from literally around the world. And so we're gonna hear a story from a soldier who's in our organization who was recently recognized for some work that he has been doing on the side in the nation of Ghana, in the beautiful continent of Africa. So I'm gonna let you introduce yourself and then we'll get into your story, all right? Thank you, sir. My name is Enoch, Specialist Enoch Amuakon. I come from Ghana, West Africa. So you spent the first how many years of your life in Ghana? I spent 30 years of my life back in Ghana. So three decades, your first three decades, you're in, living in Ghana. Can you just paint a picture in a general sense? What is it like or what was your experience like growing up in Ghana? Sometimes life is a little bit difficult if you don't have a rich family. But as compared to mine, we had an average family as in economic-wise. But unfortunately, when I was in high school, I lost my dad. So things became a little bit difficult for my mom. My mom used to be an entrepreneur who goes around buying stuff and distributing them. But after my dad died in somewhere in 1997, she had to stop everything and take care of us. So she had to start a business all over again where she can stay in the house and take care of the four of us. So after high school, I had to start working to help the family. And so you spent all of your childhood and young adult years and, and up to 30 years old. How did you get to the States? After I got married in 2015, my wife was already in the States, so, and she was in the U.S. Army. And I was also, also working back home as an immigration officer. So she put my papers in, and thankfully I got my green card as in my immigrant visa. That brought me into the state. So you worked with immigration, so you had at least a, a good understanding of how the process worked. So your wife was from Ghana as well. Yes, sir. And then she joined the U.S. Army. So she was back home. She was also she used to be in the police service in Ghana. Yes, in Ghana. Back home in Ghana, she used to be in the police service, and she loved uh, this kind of job as in the police and the military. So when she came to the state, she was working as a hairdresser, and but she felt no, this is not her calling as in her to work over there. So she decided to join the army. So she joined the army while you were still in Ghana. Yes, sir. But you were married at that point. Yes, sir. And then you were able, because of her citizenship, you were able to get a green card to come over to the States to work. Yes, sir. And then from there, how did you end up joining the Army? When I also got into the state, I was working somewhere and at the same time schooling. But I decided, okay, I've been in the immigration service. Why not join the Army? This will help me go back to school and at least educate myself and also my wife also encouraged me to join the army because it's going to help me shape my life. 
That's why I joined the army. And you and your wife have been involved in not only the military, but you have had a part in establishing an, an organization back in Ghana. So tell us the story behind the Exploring Dreams Foundation. Well, the Exploring Dreams Foundation it started two years ago. My wife told me about this story with a woman back in her village. The woman went to the farm to go and fetch firewood to help the fa- to cook for the family. She has already lost the husband. When she got the firewood coming back home, unfortunately it was very slippery because it had rained in the morning. She slipped, she fell and the firewood hit her neck and that was it. She couldn't survive. So the kid was not able to go back to school and all her siblings did not go back to school. So when my wife told me about it, we decided to help because some of us also went through some struggles to get us to school. Even back home, uh, back in Ghana, if you have your mom and your dad, sometimes it's very difficult for you to go to school. And now you have, you don't have anyone to take care of you. We decided, okay, let's buy some books, uniform, shoes, and try to help this kid. Upon doing this, we also found out that my wife went back home. We also found out that there were a lot of kids whose uniform were very bad. It was torn and tattered. So we needed to do something for those kids as well. So we decided to organize all of them. From the beginning, it was just one kid. Then later on, we got 16. So we bought uniform, books, shoes, and school bags. Then we shipped them back home. We distributed to the kids so that they can go back to school. This was how everything started. Through that, we keep on sending uniforms and stuff to them. And thankfully, last year in December, we decided to launch the foundation so that we can help spread our tentacles or spread our arms so that we can help others also who are in need. So what is being built as we speak in Ghana through the Exploring Dreams Foundation? So with the Exploring Dreams Foundation, we started we started building a school before the Exploring Dreams Foundation came about. We decided to build schools and help those who don't have money to go to school. So we are in this, I think the second stage of the school. We are now on the second floor trying to do the third floor so that we can put a roof on it and try to get some the kids around who we believe they don't have anyone to help so that they can go back to school and educate themselves. When we had the foundation, we had like 30 of them and it's even a lot of people are still coming because as we go through the villages and we go through places we see most of the people who want to go to school as in the kids but because they don't have any support they are just walking roaming about when their friends are back in school and we also had adults 16 years 18 years 20 years they don't have any job to do they want to work but there's no job opportunities for them to do so some of them we decided to buy sewing machines and try to help them go find an apprenticeship and go and learn a, a job over there as in job career over there so they can help themselves through life so that way they're just not on their own with nothing to do when children have an education what kind of opportunities will they have compared to if they didn't have an education so when they have this education and they progress in life thankfully if everything goes on well they'll have the opportunity to get better job opportunities back home because if you are you've gone to university or maybe even high school sometimes it's easy for you to get job opportunities out there though it's very scarce but when you have at least you've gone to school it's easy for you to get into all those places what happens 
if children don't have any schooling opportunities, what kind of future do they have in Ghana? Most of the case, they have places they call ghettos or slums where you see them smoking weed and smoking. Uh, they have this pills they take, which is destroying most of them their lives. And some are, have become thieves and armed robbers where they try to attack people and take their monies and bags and all those stuff. But I believe if they go to school, most of these vices will stop and end. They might not be in the streets again. So this school, this Exploring Dreams Foundation, this is meeting a very real need. And so you're not only providing education, but you're also stopping future crimes from happening because that it sounds like that's what a lot of people turn to when they don't have an educational foundation. That's, that's our main focus. So your Exploring Dreams Foundation has a motto. Yes. What is that motto? Bringing the dream of every child to reality. So most of us, we have big dreams, but because we don't have the opportunity to go to schools and other places, all our dreams come crumbling. So with education and apprenticeship, it will help them achieve their dream and the reality, all that they dreamt of when they were kids into, uh, as in, into reality so that they can do something for themselves. Because some of us wanted to do a lot, but because we lost our, some part of our parents, it was difficult for us, but God being so good with a little bit of education, we are where we are now. And so it started with uh, it started with a sad story, a child losing his only surviving parent. Yes. And then from there, you started sending supplies, and that turned into something bigger, and now there's a school building in construction. So what is your dream for this organization? called Exploring Dreams Foundation. Where would you like to see it in five years from now? Our dream is to expand our, our wings as in go to other places so that we can bring all those kids who are in the street, who don't have any job to do, who don't have the opportunities to go to, back to school so that we can help them through education so that they can also fit for themselves and maybe their family. So it sounds like this project that you're working with and for it has the potential to become a model. Yes. And you can learn from what you're doing here and duplicate it in who knows how many different places and villages and towns and have an impact on many, many uh, people. Yes, that, that's our main target and then that's our main aim. It almost sounds like education is the pathway to a much better life. Yes and not having education is the pathway to something that is not only not productive, but could be harmful. Yes. And so again, you're, you're meeting a, a great need. So what we will do on this podcast is we will put the website link in the description. So anybody who's listening to the podcast on, on any of the platforms, they can just click the link or copy and paste the link and they can actually go and see the pictures and the, the vision for it and, and have access to it that way. Well, thank you for what you do for uh, our, our United States Army and for the children and, and the community that you are involved with back in Ghana. It's making an impact and I know you're just getting started. Who knows where it will go? And thank you for sharing with us today. You are certainly blazing some trails, making a huge impact. And I appreciate your service to the U.S., but also to the people of Ghana. And I can't wait to see where this goes in the future. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, sir.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Soldier Stories Podcast. This is Chaplain David Wright, capturing unique and inspiring stories of the soldiers and leaders in the United States military. Please consider taking just a moment to subscribe and also provide a rating or a comment as that will help more people find this free resource. You're also welcome to check out my website, armychap.com, to read my posts and see some pictures of what we do. It is my hope and prayer that you find inspiration and encouragement through this program. And remember to put your trust in our great and loving God who daily bears our burdens. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.